Welcome, everybody. Uh, you are listening to Meet the Founders with Andrew Bott, and uh, I'm Andrew Bott. <laughs> so uh, thanks for tuning in. Today, we are going to be chatting with a very impressive entrepreneur and author. His name is Rafael Badziag, and he published a few weeks ago The Billion Dollar Secret. I highly recommend buying the book immediately. <laughs> um, you, can, you can wait maybe till after this podcast and then you really need it. He interviewed 21 self-made billionaires. So these are people, many of whom came from uh, poverty or other difficult situations and built billion-dollar empires. So not only are they incredibly intense and amazing people to hear from, Raphael condensed their knowledge into his book, the billion dollar secret. So I recommend checking that out on Amazon. And our interview took place just a couple days after he released it. Now it's on bestseller lists uh, around the world. So please enjoy the chat with him. As a quick overview about the things that uh, we talked about, I think the uh, the biggest lesson from this book is that no matter where you come from, uh, you can be successful. You know, many of these self-made billionaires came from very, very difficult situations. And, you know, there's a lot about uh, humanity in the book, you know, about being respectful and actually caring for your employees and how that allowed them to go far. And uh, the book is filled with really specific actions that uh, you can take to help your daily life enable you to be more successful. Uh, obviously, not all of us are trying to be billionaires, but uh, I think many of us would like you know more success and to know some of the daily life practices that will help us you know be more successful you know also something that stu stood out for me from this interview Raphael's history running ultra marathons you know these are where you stack multiple marathons all at once and how the lessons through pushing through those you know really helped him in not just writing this book but in his business life on top of that uh, i think my favorite quote from this interview is you know if you take limited risks your success will be limited and uh, you know you have unlimited tries in life and most things you do will probably fail but it's enough to be right just one time you know if you're right once then you can scale it immensely and have unbelievable success so without further ado we're going to jump into the interview uh, we did an interview outside so uh, just Take note that there will be some chatter, you know, in the background. But again, this is a great interview, and uh, you know, I hope you enjoy it. I'm here today with Raphael Badziag, German-based global entrepreneur, a TED speaker, and a best-selling author and angel investor. I have the opportunity to chat with him today, just a few days after his uh, book launch of uh, the Billion Dollar Secret where uh, Raphael actually interviewed 21 self-made billionaires and uh, condensed their knowledge. I've had the opportunity to read it uh, and to check out you know, some, of, some of his advice. I just want to thank you for taking the time you know, so soon after uh, your lunch and you know, to sit with me here in, uh, here in Germany. Thanks, Andrew, for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure and an honor to be at your um, podcast, right? <laughs> So yeah, you're the second the second person I'm interviewing. The idea of this podcast is to find out your mindsets and the skills that made a difference in your life, kind of some of the things that you've overcome, 
the things that you know inspired you and can offer people things in the future, especially things like your book. The first question I have, you know, to start off, I'd love to hear about your first few years at Rad Discount. I believe it was your first company. I could be, it could be right, wrong. Right, right. And just you know some of the some of the challenges that you encountered building that company. Okay, so generally I founded the company as a hobby project. It wasn't intended to become a business uh, because I was a student at that time and I somehow was looking to apply my knowledge in computer science that I were, uh, was getting, right? And uh, I, it was, let's say, in the middle of the 90s, I went to actually to the States to study um, uh, to study at the university there and uh, I realized uh, the internet was coming at that time. It was after actually Amazon was founded but Amazon wasn't known at that time. I didn't know anything about Amazon but I could see like uh, the first uh, the first search engines and uh, internet uh, becoming commercialized and in Europe we had uh, you know, internet maybe at the universities and uh, students had emails, but there was nothing commercial in uh, on internet. And I decided um, when I came back to Germany to actually start the first online shop in uh, sporting goods because my father had a background in uh, and connections, or so actually had a little business in sporting goods, uh, import export uh, kind of business, and uh, so I wanted to leverage that uh, the sourcing of the of the material and then put the uh, you know the technology or use the newest technology just to start the first online shop for spotting goods which i did out of the dorm and uh, it grew pretty fast so after one two years i had generally to uh, focus completely on the after i graduated apparently mm -hmm. Um, I decided to focus completely on the company and but I didn't have any business uh, education I, I am a mathematician I have masters in maths and uh, so it was good for the technology part but after several years I realized there is something missing um, in my entrepreneurial personality it wasn't that much now I realize it was also skills, but at that time I thought it was just the personality. Um, uh, you know, until that time, uh, I thought if I have the right business model, I will become successful in, uh, in business. And from the outside, it looked successful. It became a multi-million dollar company. But I was looking at my competition, who started later, uh, grew faster, become bigger, and... Um, and they somehow quickly surpassed me and become more successful. And I realized we all have the same business model. So it's not about the business model. It's about, you know, the person who actually implements the, uh, the business model, the entrepreneur, about how you build your company, how you hire people, what kind of people you hire, and so on and so on. There is so many elements uh, in that uh, that it's not... And it's not maybe only based uh, in your skills, but somehow also in your personality of on the way, in the way how you approach problems, how you communicate with your customers, with your employees, with your business partners, um, this kind of stuff. And uh, I realized I have to learn more about business. So I started uh, reading all these business books. Um, 
books about personal development. I started going to all these different conferences and I had this key experience when I was at one of the conferences jumping around with other people, high-fiving each other and telling each other or shouting to each other, you've got a millionaire mind. Uh, it felt somehow awkward for me. It didn't, um, didn't resonate with me. I didn't know what it was at that moment. Uh, but after a while, I realized, of course, I have a million or might. I have built a multi-million dollar company. Right. But it doesn't feel successful. It, it was a um, constant uphill ba battle, uh, firefighting, and um, a lot of stress, a lot of work. And uh, at the end, we weren't making the money I was, uh, I was thinking of, right? Or um, I had ambition uh, to, to, to make. And I realized being a millionaire is actually not a big deal, uh, not, not a big deal nowadays. Uh, being a millionaire is pretty average in business. And in the States, when you come from, from the States, uh, one in 20 entrepreneurs are actually millionaires. So let's say one in 10 make it in business, right? They uh, stay over the water. So one of, the, uh, one of two who stay over the water are actually millionaires, right? So. Uh, this is average, this is mediocrity. This is not what it used to be, right? So all these books, thousands of books on millionaire thinking, they don't bring you to business success or not to the levels I was thinking about. And I had to compete with people who were much, much better in what they did than I was. And uh, for that, millionaire thinking just wouldn't make it. It, it, just, was, it yeah. just wasn't enough. So I had to somehow access the knowledge and wisdom of people who were above the level of my competition it's always the best to learn uh, or, yeah it's always the best to learn from the best in the world of so course. if you want uh, I you know we are in Germany now so a good example is always football uh, for you American soccer um, so if you want to play in I don't know Premier League League or Champions League would you rather learn from a third league player? His skills, his knowledge won't bring you there. You need to learn from somebody at the top, from other uh, Premier or let's say Champion League players or maybe from world champions. So in business, it's the same. If you want to develop the best practices, the best attitude, the best skills, learn from the best people in business. And who are the best people in business? apparently the billionaires, right? Because we have this one objective measure of success in business. This is net worth. So the value you have created <laughs> in your business success. So more or less, you know, after maybe five, ten years into my uh, business career, probably more than ten years, I realized I need to learn from the billionaires. And this is how actually I embarked on this journey mm -hmm. to write this book we, you were mentioning before. Yeah. One of the things I love the most that, that you've said in some of your interviews is that, you know, most of our limitations uh, that we have are, are just inside of our own minds. Right. But they don't actually exist. So I'm curious, what mindset helped you go about starting this kind of project and, and your company? And the book that you're talking about, what, what kind of mindset has changed, if, if your mindset has changed a little bit, after talking, you know, to these 21 self-made billionaires? Okay. So for... For sure, you need certain mindset to embark on such a project because uh, it has never been done before, right? If you look at the uh, probabilities, at the odds, 
uh, need to realize in the world in generally only one in five million people in the world is a billionaire right so let's say to meet here on the street a billionaire by chance is comparable with winning the pot in the national lottery right the main pot one in five million more or less and for this book i needed let's say at least 20 billionaires right to interview to meet and interview 20 billionaires so do you know anybody who won the main pot in the national lottery 20 times uh, common sense tells us this is plain impossible <laughs> so you need a certain mindset apparently to dare to approach such a project right yeah and i didn't have any connections and let's say i didn't know any not even a single billionaire when i started but I had some previous experiences that made me believe, or maybe not believe, but uh, made uh, made me think it could be worthwhile. And it, it and if it succeeds, if it succeeds, then uh, then of course it's it's a great thing. So it's alone for that. It's it's worth trying. So before that, I had actually some experiences, and you would I. Um, encourage your um, your viewers or your audience to check out my TED talk impossible is easier than you think mm -hmm. where I talk about um, approaching impossible um, challenges how to approach impossible challenges and I had some experiences that made me uh, able uh, to somehow approach them and uh, this, so maybe the first experience that I had was just running a simple marathon um, because before three months uh, before running the first marathon I uh, I thought it w it wasn't possible for me right so I uh, realized but then after three months of preparation I actually ran the marathon after only three months after three months wow. uh, of training I uh, I could tell you all, uh, I think I might need more than three uh, months personally uh, <laughs> you know I, I you know, I found out it was 2010 and uh, yeah. I was uh, watching a TV and there was uh, like a world championship in marathon, I guess, um, in Barcelona. And I was watching that, uh, you know, marathon running, like when you watch it, it's really boring. But it was somehow, you know, playing in the background. At that time, I still was watching TV. So it was like playing in the background. And I overheard an information that we have like two and a half thousand or 2,500 university, uh, sorry, 2,500 anniversary of uh, the original marathon run. It was 2010, and then I remi uh, reminded myself of history. Right, the marathon battle, 490 before Jesus Christ. So uh, 2010, it's it's up to two two and a half thousand. And you know, I, I always had this um, um, uh, this uh, thinking, like many people. You know, I at some point in my life I want to run a marathon, right? And but you just put it off and off and and so on. But then I heard that 2,500 uh, anniversary of um, uh, of marathon run, there will there will be no better opportunity for me to actually run a marathon, right? I mean, I will certainly not uh, be alive when there is like. 3000th anniversary of, of a marathon. So I decided to actually run this marathon in that year, in 2010. And it was end of August. 
So the next thing I I, uh, I do is I check out, uh, you know, and I when when I want to run the marathon, the mm -hmm. best would be to run on the original course. So what I do is I check the original Athens marathon from actually the uh, the town of Marathon to Athens, and it takes place end of November. And uh, end of November, and we had end of August, so it's like exactly three months. I have three months left, so I have no other choice than uh, to find a training program to be able to run a marathon within these uh, three months, which I did, and I prepared and so on. There is a lot of stories to talk about, uh, to tell about that. Uh, you know, at the end, I have uh, run the uh, the marathon without any problems, and something that I considered impossible. Uh, was in fact possible, right? So right. Uh, then I realized actually uh, one lesson. So I generally learned two lessons from that. The first lesson was that most of the things we consider impossible are generally just our thoughts. So they are just opinions, right? It doesn't mean it, it doesn't have to do anything with reality. It's just mm -hmm. our thinking. And uh, we need to actually find out what the reality is. So this is the one thing. And the other thing is there are certainly things that are impossible for you physically. Like for me, the th three months before uh, the marathon, it was actually physically impossible for me to run a marathon at that time. And uh, so I would either give up on the, on the way or maybe collapse. Um, but I wasn't able to run a marathon. But within the three months, I made this transition by going in the right direction uh, from something impossible to something possible. So uh, I made this experience that even if something is impossible for you, it doesn't mean it will never be possible. It means that, it, uh, you know, there is all, uh, always and also this dimension of time. You can make something possible within a certain time if you uh, go in the right direction, if you take certain steps. So this was like my, my first uh, key experience. And the other key experience, then I started three years later, I started running ultramarathons. And ultramarathons is a completely, completely different uh, ball game, <laughs> as you say it in, in the States, right? A completely different ball game. And uh, what you um, learn uh, with ultramarathons, of course you learn many things, but one of the things is that, um, uh, it's plain never giving up. I could tell you, just watch my, uh, my TED talk. It was, I had this experience during one of the uh, ultra marathons that I was completely knocked out after 32 kilometers. So I, I ran several of these ultra marathons, but one of them was 111 kilometers through the Sahara Desert in 40 degrees Celsius oh my God. heat. So in Fahrenheit, it would be 100, Too over, hot. Uh, <laughs> over 100 uh, Fahrenheit yeah. uh, through Sahara Desert. 111 kilometers and due to different uh, unexpected uh, emergencies I was uh, knocked out generally after 32 kilometers so I had like literally wounds in uh, my on my soles wow. uh, so blood was squelching in my shoes uh, my knee was uh, destroyed generally I was I wasn't able uh, I wasn't able to actually run I was uh, um, stumbling uh, through the course generally mm. then I had a um, um, 
um, jammed nerve in my spine, so I couldn't breathe uh, generally. And I was uh, I was actually knocked knocked out. I was at the end. I was boiling in my own sweat. So I was prepared, you know, for a crisis after 60 kilometers or something. But here I was after 32 kilometers. I was ready to give up generally. And then, but in reality, I was able. And now imagine, I was able to actually run 80 kilometers more. Although I I thought. It's impossible. I mean, I have to give up. I am, you know, I'm dying generally after 32 kilometers. There is no way uh, I could I could run 80 kilometers more, but I did. So uh, what you run, uh, what you learn at ultra marathons is actually this perseverance and uh, this belief that even if uh, if you think you are at the end of your rope. It doesn't mean it is really the end. You can still go farther. You can still go much, much farther, and do much, much more, right? So uh, this, you know, uh, somehow resourcefulness, right? Getting uh, really deep in the in what is really possible for you. You extend the. Um, uh, the zone of your uh, possibilities when you uh, when you try to approach to your limits or cross your limits you never cross your limits because uh, when you approach to them they extend right so uh, then you can do more and more and then running ultra marathons actually may uh, make you realize how much you can do how much you can achieve in your life and usually we are in our, our lives we live you know maybe at one maybe at five percent of other uh, possibilities it is like easy way or easy life we actually live in our everyday lives and we are so far away from the you know from our limits and if you could force yourself to approach these, these limits you can amaze yourself and the world and this uh, project is just an example of that right, right? So the book project uh, we are talking about. So with that mindset, when you approach that, then uh, you can make it possible. And it took a lot of uh, setbacks, a lot of rejections. I got a lot of rejections at the beginning. But if you are so persistent, if you you know you don't you just don't give up until you succeed. And this is one of the things um, I learned during ultra marathons and uh, also later from the billionaires maybe in a different form uh, during the ultra marathons i learned something that uh, the people who achieve success are not uh, the people who who have just lucky circumstances now the days are those who just don't give up until they achieve what they want right <laughs> even when there's blood in their shoes yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so you just uh, stick at that until you achieve it right and mm -hmm. what uh, billionaires told me a lot of billionaires is that they never accepted a no so it is the same in right. business if you get a rejection from somebody uh, you just work around that you improve yourself and then you try again right yeah and uh, i have in my book uh, a guy lirio parisotto he was actually at the book launch where you were attending as well and this guy mm, was at some point before that he was trying to establish a um or he was trying to convince actually every of the big five or big six um film companies to um uh, to do the distribu distribution of the movies through his company because he integrated the 
um, video distribution business in uh, uh, in Brazil. So he was doing like the you know the physical production, the subtitles, the um, the Brazilian version. They, they played it on um, on the media. Then they you know. Uh, distributed it to the to the customers, uh, invoiced and everything. There, so he integrated the whole business. But of course, you know the um, um, the film uh, giants. They don't want uh, to be served like all of them by by the same person because if he is a monopolist, he has too much power uh, in sure. that. Uh, uh, in that relationship, too, mu too much business power. So it was really difficult uh, to, for example, convince Warner Brothers. But this guy stayed at him and after six or seven years, he convinced also Warner Brothers and all the others. So he had like over 90% of the business of all the videos or all the movies that were published in uh, Brazil. They were published through his company because he uh, he was servicing ev each and every of these uh, big five or big six uh, um, film uh, film giants. So this is this is what what you can also use in, in business, and for sure you can you do it in business. Absolutely. Uh, throughout the book, I think perseverance comes up a lot. One of the billionaires that you interviewed, he was talking about being. Uh, at a border crossing and saying that I'm gonna mine on the moon, um, <laughs> and the, the border guard not you know actually saying I'm not gonna let you in the country because you sound crazy. To me, someone who's never run ultra marathons, the idea of there's blood in your shoes and your knee is feels like it's breaking and you can't breathe right, it's a little bit crazy, you know. Uh, and so I think you, you probably have a lot a lot of similarities with the billionaires you're interviewing. Uh, that you're willing to go, you know, so much farther um, yeah, than regular beyond people. Beyond your limits, generally, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there is a saying that somehow inspires me by T.S. Eliot, saying uh, only those who uh, dare going too far can actually find out how far one can go, right? Right. And, you know, you can't explain uh, or you can uh, expect... Uh, from billionaires to be like average or normal people, because if you were normal, you wouldn't be a billionaire, right? Apparently, you sure. need something, uh, maybe not craziness, but some, something extreme about yourself in order to scale without limits, right? Because as a normal, let's say, uh, I call, as you know, millionaires, averagely successful entrepreneurs or mediocre entrepreneurs. Mediocre or like averagely successful entrepreneurs, when they achieve certain level, they just stop performing because they they say why should i p perform i can live a um, comfortable life a comfortable life with what i have and yeah. uh, my company is making good money i should enjoy my life right but it needs a certain uh, certain attitude in order to not stop at that level and in order to go yeah. and scale without actually limits and to, to to have this curiosity to find out how far you can scale, are. where the limits are, where is the, you mm. know, where is the sky actually, right? So some of that seems to be having big goals. In one of the chapters you talk about how millionaires are, are just comfortable. Their goal was a certain number and when they reach that, they're comfortable and so they don't push farther and that's really the only separation between them and, you know, the billionaires. Do you think you setting these big goals is what helped you accomplish what you did in this book? Yeah, I think, you know, um, this is something that I talk also about uh, in this uh, TED talk about um, 
uh, doing the imp impossible things. So uh, uh, having big goals, uh, you know, in the, in the book here I describe it as, as a hunger. Hunger uh, and de desire uh, and passion are the three main motivators uh, to perform in, in business, right? So if you have this hunger for success, for achieving big, big things, you are certainly... Uh, uh, this is one of the uh, right motiva motivations to actually achieve the, these things, right? And uh, this is also something that I, I, I think uh, the bigger your goal is, the more motivated you are. And it means also that it is somehow paradoxically sometimes easier to achieve big goals than small goals. Let's say you would like to um, lose five pounds uh, of weight, right? It's, it depends, I mean, it's, that goal doesn't really motivate anybody, right? And uh, it's then really difficult to get this discipline uh, to, you know, diet and whatever, to actually lose these five pounds, right? But when you set yourself a goal, a big hairy goal of, let's say, running 100, 100 kilometers, right? A marathon, an ultra marathon of 100 kilometers. This is crazy, and but this really motivates you. So you have no problem actually when you have this crazy goal to get up at five and uh, go for uh, for a training. It doesn't matter if it rains, if it snows. You go for a training uh, if it is dark and other mm -hmm. people, you know, sleep and turn. Uh, it helps, uh, with, the, it helps they, with the discipline. It's, it helps a lot, and, and amazing in, in, in that sense, yeah. uh, it's sometimes really easier to. And, uh, to achieve big goals than uh, than small goals. Let's say in this uh, in, in this example, you don't need to go to that extreme. But if you had a goal of running a marathon, for example, yeah. this is also a big goal for uh, most people. And uh, but when you have this goal of running one marathon, uh, a marathon, on the way to that, you will certainly lose five pounds, right? But it is. Uh, but in my opinion, it is much easier to uh, uh, to actually, you know, get into training and run a marathon than to force yourself to a diet to uh, to lose five pounds. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, uh, th that kind of thinking is definitely different than the way most people think. I think that's one of the powerful parts about about your book. But 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 also for me, it's not just these overarching mindsets. You also have a lot of really specific strategies in there um, right. that I know will, will help me. And I, I was really curious, what are some of the things that, that you implemented immediately? Like, when, uh, like you had a meeting with somebody and, and, and you were just like, you know, I need to do this right away. I need to, and, and you did it and it changed your life when you heard it from uh, one of these interviews. So... Uh Many things, many things. Uh, generally, uh, maybe I start with um, explaining that most of the time I was and I am still traveling uh, around the world, right? So, like, uh, uh, last week, I mean, I was, like, within uh, uh, within four days, uh, I was in four countries. I, I had this book launch in London, then I was in Monaco, I was in France and in Germany. So mo most of the time I'm actually traveling and I have been traveling during uh, that time. But nevertheless, I uh, implemented some of the things in my business uh, that were like soft factors that were easy to implement because mm -hmm. I didn't have to change any processes and so on. 
and that alone brought within a year like doubling of the revenue in a multi-million dollar company so it's not that easy that you double you know your revenue within a year and more than tripled the the profits of the what were these changes that you made <laughs> so and it was it, it weren't really like systems dramatic or? changes in systems or processes and nothing nothing like that we changed only the way how we perceive ourselves how we perceive our customer how we talk to each other how we talk to the customer and how we approach problems generally very soft factors that wow. you, you can read about uh, from uh, from the book but there is also some things that i definitely implemented in my life and in let, let's say general uh, business because this is not only company that uh, that i am doing and yeah. actually the business uh, started to explode like the op number of opportunities and um, abundance in my life started uh, literally to explode so one of the the things is this abundance mindset um, so I had for a long time a kind of uh, scarcity mindset uh, I was uh, one of the things uh, I was investing in because I was always you know in this let's say tech or internet sphere so one of the things that I was investing in uh, were uh, internet domains and with internet domains, when you are an internet, uh, when you are a domain investor, you have this scarcity mindset because, and this is the same, by the way, in um, real estate, like let's say the traditional real estate investment, uh, because what your mindset is, uh, I reserve an asset that, like let's say in real estate, that has the best location. And if somebody wants to get into this location, so I'm generally blocking this location for me. Right. And uh, that's why I get value of that because if somebody uh, needs uh, a shop or whatever in that location, I can sell it to, to him or rent it to him for a high price, right? So this is the scarcity mindset. So they are like scarce, uh, uh, scarce um, assets. And you try to somehow take possession of these scarce assets and then uh, leverage on somebody else's needs for these scarce assets. The same is in uh, um, domaining or in the traditional domaining. But then the, um, the industry got disrupted uh, because, uh, you know, these global TLDs started to appear. Like you can have now domains like dot uh bank don't right. uh, book do, uh, dot uh, i don't know uh, house and, and so on dot music whatever dot guru uh, before that you had you could only have like dot com maybe dot eu dot de in germany very you know uh, very scarce uh, set of domains so if i wanted to sell let's say real estate in the states and i had the uh, domain realestate.com Right, I was the king in, in the states with that with that domain, and if some I could sell it, I speculate on that domain uh, to uh, to somebody else for big money because this was the only domain or the best domain that he he, he could have, and th there was no other domain uh, that he, he could have. But now the number of uh, options on the market are much bigger because of these different uh, endings. And uh, what does it mean? It means that some people came into this industry with a, actually abundance mindset. And what abundance mindset does is actually not based on the scarcity of the, uh, of the assets. They actually create abundance of the assets. So they 
like create much more options for people to actually be able to do business or uh, to do whatever they want. So right? what did that look like in your business? So what uh, changes what, that you were making? Uh, what it uh, means in, uh, in my business is that I actually uh, started to create opportunities for other people, right? So not looking at your own, uh, like from your own perspective on your uh, on your profit, you start creating opportunities for others or making it easier for others to do business or, uh, and this creates ab abundance in your life, right? The other thing is also like, for example, how you approach uh, your employees in, uh, in, uh, in your company or how you approach your business partners. Uh, I described that in, in the book, so. Um, yeah. Um, Tony Tan Kaktiong, he is, uh, owns two, four and a half thousand restaurants. Uh, one of top ten uh, restaurant companies in the world. And uh, he is also the World Entrepreneur of the Year 2004, I guess, or 2009, 2009. So the best entrepreneur in that year, right? A self-made billionaire, by the way. So this guy um, had a, told me this story that he had a friend in the same business. And at that time, this friend was bigger than him. And he, this friend told him, why are you paying your people uh, that much? If you pay them less, it goes directly to your bottom line. I mean, right. uh, it's just one to one uh, to your profit, right? And funny thing is, uh, Tony Tan became, uh, you know, the biggest actually restaurant company in Asia and top 10 in, in the world. And self-made billionaire and the others, uh, the other guy's uh, company doesn't exist anymore. So they they went bankrupt. And this is also um, the, the same how you approach partnerships in, in business. Do you want to get the last dime of every deal? Do you want to take advantage you of your position maybe? Or you want uh, a long-term relationship with, uh, with your business partner? and to want each of the sides uh, to make money on that and uh, so that you can actually continue your, your business in the future and uh, create opportunities for him and of course for yourself. So this is how it plays out in, uh, in my life, right? That makes a lot of sense. So this abundance mindset, the other thing is generally partnerships, like these long-term uh, long partnerships. Uh, um, sustaining and creating these long-term partnerships. This is something that I definitely learned from, uh, from billionaires and that, uh, you know, sometimes it needs years before uh, they actually come to fruition or is it somehow pay off. Uh, but you don't approach it from, from, from that standpoint, right? Um, I just had just, you know, two or three uh, days ago, I had a, like an example uh, of that, that you know, I always like, let's say, very simple things. Uh, I always send um, to people I am in contact with uh, or I have been in contact with, I always send like uh, season's greetings to Christmas, to like via email and like personal, uh, personal messages. It's not like, you know, standard copy paste. No, I write something, you know, out of, uh, out of my had generally something inspirational maybe to greet people uh, you know like two three times a year right to different uh, occasions and um, 
and it plays off because they, they people remember me and when there's something uh, a deal to to be to be made or business that can be uh, can be made they come back and say you know I really acknowledge and I, uh, that you uh, always remember about me and so on and so on and I had just this week an example from that where um, you know I took off I have also a quite a sizable community um, in uh, Poland because I have also a, a channel there a YouTube channel and uh, this book I want to self-publish in, in Poland actually because I took out the rights for Poland since you have your own like big community you want to somehow be able to sell directly to that community sure. and uh, so a guy uh, came to me approached me after actually my book launch and asked me if uh, if I would like him to uh, to help me with that, right? And this guy actually, he's like in my in my opinion, he is maybe not the largest publisher right now in Poland, but he has a very disruptive uh, business model and he will become a dominator in uh, on this market. So, uh, and this is some certainly somebody I want to have on my team instead of having it uh, against, the, uh, <laughs> against me. <laughs> sure. right? uh, so this is also some uh, some kind of thinking, like a perspective change. Like, like you are not alone. You can, uh, there are a lot of people and you can imagine in the world, there is every resource you can think of available to somebody. Somebody has this resource at his hands. And the only, and you can actually access, there is nothing physical that uh, keeps you from accessing these resources. The only thing is cooperation, partnerships. If you partner with that person, you will have access or you will be able to use that resource, mm -hmm. right? If you need that. So is it about just having lots and lots of conversations with people and uh, kind of I, seeing I how wouldn't, you could... I wouldn't call it uh, like a simple networking. It's yeah. uh, I w Because I don't consider myself a good networker. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think you're good, of, at, you're good at talking. Uh, no, 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 instead of, uh, or in spite of, you know, you may uh, maybe thinking, you know, 21 self <laughs> billionaires or 30 billionaires actually that I, that I met. Uh, now I'm not a good networking the kind uh, in the sense of uh, I don't go to these networking events and uh, you know speak up people uh, just to chat and uh, and so on. But what I uh, think is um, you know this general thinking of um, uh, like partnerships and maybe alliances and uh, this you have to realize that. You know, in most businesses, let's say you are in event management business, right? There are thousands of companies in the event management business and most of them, they have the same business model. There is really difficult to bring something new in the business model. So at the end, uh, when, you, when you think who wins, of course, uh, people with or the companies where the, uh, uh, let's say, the entrepreneurs have the billionaire mindset, one thing. And the other thing or the, you know, one of the consequences of that is the companies with the best team. It's like in, in football, right? If you play uh, against each other, the rules, the, let's say, the training uh, options, whatever, uh, the physical, uh, the laws of physics are the same for everybody. <laughs> but the best team wins, right? right? So thinking in these methods, you need uh, to partner with the best people in order to win the, uh, in the game of business, right? Got it. Because the best team wins. 
You've got you've got a big leg up on partnering with the best people after after interviewing you know these amazing yeah. folks. I want to ask a couple more questions about the book. Uh, I, I I was really struck by comments you know about your meetings with with these gentlemen and these successful entrepreneurs. How they spoke they spoke about after meeting with you that they were inspired. Jack Cohen was one of them saying that you know you went in for a one hour meeting and you ended up talking for six hours and. Then they ended up meeting multiple places around the world, and instead of just the limited time that you had started with. So, uh, what do you think it is about you and your personality that has the ability to inspire, you know, billionaires? These are people who already—they—I'm uh, sure they already dream big. They already have really big goals. <laughs> you know, they already, you know, accomplish a lot and have an abundance mindset, and you know, do this. What What is the thing that you think you bring, and the energy that that you're giving in the conversations that you're sharing with them? I'm not sure that, that there is anything like special about, about that. Um, there are some uh, maybe you know it's difficult to talk about yourself. I mean, about myself. I know. Uh, yeah. But uh, maybe uh, so. I always started with uh, the conversation about what inspired me and why. Uh, you know, start with why generally, right? So, uh, what is your mission? What, uh, why, uh, why are you so excited about that? And generally, being excited or being uh, fascinated by what you do, having fun with that, it's a, a, a big leg up. I would say it's a big advantage, right? People pick up on your on your mission, and they want to join you or somehow even to help you. I would say, Jack Cohen, as you. Uh, um, as you mentioned, Jack Cohen is the most generous uh, person I know in the world, and he doesn't need that, right? I mean, he has everything, and he is uh, in that, uh, let's say, stage of the game. He, as he calls it, when he doesn't need to, you know, fame or uh, anything, he just does it of, of poor, pure um, humanity. I mean, uh, like being human and try, trying to help somebody or, you know, to support somebody because he finds it worthwhile or the uh, he finds the mission exciting or uh, something that um, that is ambitious and, uh, and valuable, right? Uh, so, so first of all, it's your attitude. If you are just, you know, excited about what you do, you can be you know, uh, I don't know, stamp collector. And if you are really excited about that, <laughs> you people can pick up with that. I mean, pick up on that and, uh, you know, get excited about yeah. about your, they, they just pick up the, the vibe, right? So this is one thing. The other thing is um, uh, often uh, these entrepreneurs, as you, as you read in the book, one of the things are that they re read a lot, and they read a lot right. at the beginning of the um, of the of their careers. And some of the book they were inspired by are the same books that I am inspired by, right? And the, generally, the big, let's say, example or role model for me was uh, Napoleon Hill, who 100 years ago had a similar project. Um, he was, he met Andrew Carnegie, who was the wealthiest person on the planet at that time. And Andrew Carnegie gave him the mission to talk to the most successful entrepreneurs in the, in the States at that time, introduced him to these entrepreneurs and to find out what in their personalities made them so successful, to generally to construct the first 
philosophy of success. And Napoleon Hill spent probably around 20 years talking to these people and um, partly working with them, living with them. And after 20 years, he published this great book, Think and Grow Rich. So, and my project is generally generally the same idea 100 years later with our contemporary most successful people, most successful entrepreneurs. But nowadays, they didn't have billionaires at that time, right? It, uh, the dollar had a different uh, value or different purchasing power. Uh, but today we have billionaires, so the most successful entrepreneurs are billionaires. And the difference between me and Napoleon Hill is that I do it like one level higher on the on the global level. Of course, at that time, uh, he couldn't travel that uh, that easily as we can do uh, today. Uh, so it's, uh, it's some, um, from that perspective, it's easier. But at the, on the other hand, I didn't have anybody at the beginning to introduce me to, to other billionaires. I started with zero. Uh, so, uh, you know, in that, uh, in, in, uh, in, in that way, it is more difficult or it was more difficult for me. And, uh, but what I wanted to tell you generally is that these people also read Think and Grow Rich and uh, Jack Cohen is an example, right? Yeah. We started uh, talking about uh, these things and it, it turned out the same things. He could think back to his uh, first years in business and uh, could see maybe me somehow in, in himself or other other way around so the the same things um inspired him so this is the the, the second thing uh, i would say and the third thing is actually uh maybe something you know on that level you need also a kind of respect from these people because otherwise they don't they don't take you seriously they don't talk to you or maybe they don't have time uh, talking to you uh, so I think me running these ultra marathons certainly help help to get respect. Right? That makes sense <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they could they there is some at least some uh, you know aspect of life where they can't imagine themselves doing that. Right. And you have respect on that life, so you come over as an expert or not only expert as a, let's say a crazy outstanding uh, performer in uh, some uh, aspect of life or maybe sports whatever and they are an extreme performer on an, in another um, uh, yeah aspect of life right? and you or, share those things yeah. share the comparisons yeah. together yeah so uh, this helps for sure and as i explained during the book launch you can't generally you can't buy billionaire's time right because you can't pay hundreds of thousands of millions uh, of dollars uh, for a two or three hour interview and this is what they they time actually is worth it's right incredible. so uh, so you need uh, to bring other kind of value to that uh, to that meeting to that uh, yeah so something that i hear a lot which i really love to hear your response to for folks who haven't read that book and aren't a part of that community, or have just you know heard of um, the secret, the the movie you know made, and they think, oh, so the, so we're just supposed to manifest things, and we <laughs> believe it, and it just appears out of nowhere. Why are people writing books about magic? And so me just sitting here, I imagine something, and it's going to appear out of nowhere. And I just I'd like to hear your response to that because you know the, these books, Napoleon Hills, and and now your book, you know, really inspire and have helped me in my life. And just how would you respond to someone who, okay. who just 
so things like that. First of all, I don't see my book in the in the same like, let's say group. I this is also one of the major differences between my book and uh, Napoleon Hill's book. I don't have anything esoterical. When you when you read my book, there is nothing esoteric in my book. Absolutely nothing. I am not somebody who believes in hocus pocus on you know falling <laughs> stuff from uh, from the sky. Uh, so in that respect, I am different from Napoleon Hill. I don't say Napoleon Hill is wrong or you know bullshit. It it was just a different uh, time, right? At that time, people were maybe more responsive to um, to let's say soft, uh, um, yeah, soft um, psychology or this kind of um, um, yeah inspiration and um, and esoteric. My book is simple psychology. Everything that you read in that book you can really somehow follow and it's like uh, when you read through that you you realize yeah it's clear i mean it's uh, self um, self explaining I, why uh, why wouldn't uh, why didn't i think dif why did i think differently in the past actually or uh, there is nothing uh, that is uh, magical i would say about the book of course the uh, the results you get are magical Yeah. Right, because most people can't imagine uh, the results that you can get. Like, for example, uh, this this is something that I was talking about before. If you get close to your limits, uh, you can astound yourself and the world. Actually, I several times after my ultra marathons, I had this feeling. I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't imagine how actually I did it. Right, I couldn't believe I actually did it. Uh, you come to that level and this is the same in, in business the results you get all of these billionaires uh, they said I, I wanted to be the best in my business I wanted to grow to outcompete uh, but I never imagined it would come to that scale to, mm. to, uh, uh, to that huge number of uh, let's say stores restaurants or I have a, a billionaire there from Russia 17,000 uh, stores supermarkets this is just amazing this is un, uh, unbelievable and un, uncomprehendable so um, so generally I um, most people think and this is what what I actually conclude in my first chapter already most people in the mainstream think that they need to be in certain circumstances they have need to have great conditions in order to succeed right that they are product uh, their lives and themselves are product of the conditions they, they were born in or they uh, they exist or live in and this is actually the uh, this difference between uh, let's say average people uh, millionaires and then billionaires what millionaires think they think you know i have actually my fate in my uh, in my uh, hands the only thing i need is some opportunities some favorable conditions and then i can take advantage of them right this is millionaire thinking but what billionaires think and this is actually what why they become so successful is no matter what they i will become successful or i will i will do it right so the billionaires they didn't become successful because of the conditions they were born in or they lived in they became successful despite these conditions because most of the people i described in the book you wouldn't like to to change with 
when you look at the conditions uh, they started from, it's, right? The, the, the stories in the first yeah, ch chapter are pretty incredible. Right, so people who were born on, de uh, on, on the desert, uh, they uh, didn't have par parents. Don't even uh, know what their birthday is. Exactly, yeah. so uh, like poverty and uh, vi violence uh, partly. Um, you know, they came from the worst conditions you, can, you could imagine and they made their way through their lives despite all these conditions and uh, at the end they became winners in the industries or mm -hmm. in, in their lives. So, um, uh, so uh, at the end what I want to, uh, to say, it's nothing magical about that. So these um, uh, attitudes that you need to develop that are described in the book, they made you uh, perform on that level and then they, uh, you have to realize that uh, the success doesn't come to you. You need uh, to, to work for that success and you are responsible for your success and uh, it's, uh, the results you get, they come from within you and not from, uh, from the outside factors. So I would say uh, from uh, for the people who would think, you know, uh, like Hocus Pocus or the, you know, the secret and stuff. Uh, it, it is called the billion dollar secret, but it doesn't have anything to do with the, uh, with the uh, movie, The Secret. It's really a simple, tangible psychology, and it is explained everything, how it works in, uh, in, uh, in the book, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really struck by that in each of the chapters, uh, the takeaways, action steps, everything from getting up early to you know exercising each day to the way to approach employees. For, for me, I'll, I'll be honest, because you know I'm, I'm three weeks from graduating you know from entrepreneur program and I'm just starting my own business you know in the last three months and you know I have a lot of experience, but you know reading these, I want to jump into it, but also there's so much to do. Where do I start? So if you want to give some advice to me right now, <laughs> there's so many skills that, that you teach, so many action steps, you know, so many processes that I can, I can, I can see the logic of and how it would, would help me. Where do I start? What, what, what are the first few steps I should start okay, with? Okay, so, so generally, um, you know, becoming a billionaire uh, isn't easy. I never said, you know, it's like, uh, it's always difficult when I get uh, interviewed by uh, journalists, for example. I don't include you here, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just give me, explain to me how to become a billionaire in two seconds, right? right? In uh, two, two, three simple steps. Impossible. I mean, uh, this is just, it, if it was that easy, uh, we had much more billionaires that we have in the, in the world. But, of course, there are some stuff on, on the way. And I think uh, I wrote the chapters in that sequence that you should proceed. You can't uh, learn everything or, you know, change yourself completely just like that, right? You need some time for that. Mm -hmm. But I think the sequence of, uh, of the chapters is right. Okay. So the first, uh, the first thing is to realize that, you know, it's within you. You are responsible for your results. Of course, there are setbacks and so on and you need some luck, but as you read in the book, the more swings you take, the more luck you get, or right. the more you work, uh, the, the luckier you get, right? So, um, uh, so but the, third, uh, the, the first thing is to realize this is with, uh, within you, right? So if you really like internalize that, uh, then you can, uh, you can proceed, and, uh, and then you jump into the water, 
and you learn to swim uh, along the way, mm -hmm. right? So this is also something because I apparently, you know, I have uh, I have graduated from the uh, from a university as well, and you have this um, attitude, or you get that in in educational institutions that you need to learn, to learn, to learn, and you need to know everything and uh, like be prepared for every emergency or eventuality in order to start. And this is bullshit. This this way you will never start. Uh, most people actually, uh, more most people fail in business even before they start because they never start, right? So and the billionaires they often they just most of them they just jumped uh, into business into this great adventure and learned as much as possible on the way. And you learn actually. The best way you learn to swim is when you are actually swimming. Then you can improve because you know what's working, what's not working. If you, you know, you are just imagining things, you can't imagine um, all the situations that the real business, the real life uh, brings you, right? Got so it. the best school of business is actually doing business. So this is the, the second, uh, the second um, step, I would say, and and then you, I would say, start with these ha habits. So uh, develop the right habits because, for example, getting up early gives you just much more time, much more like focus time on your business, and all these these things apparently sports or health you need for better performance in business. Uh, billionaires, they don't do sports because it's fun for them or because uh, it's uh, others do that or maybe to, to look good now they do business uh, they do sports because they want uh, they know health is important uh, for uh, for performance for any performance right got it following the process of the book yeah that, that does help me because <laughs> uh, I, I, I will admit a condensed knowledge uh, i think in the in this book it's like reading reading four or five books Right, actually, <laughs> actually, what uh, what Lirio Parizotto, one of the billionaires, told me uh, is that uh, the first time he was uh, holding uh, the manuscript in his hands, he said, "Oh man, I wish I had such a book when I was young, right? Because it would save me reading like 20, 20 plus books I have read at that time. Right? Uh, these biographies or business books, you have it like condensed in in that one uh, book." And Jack Canfield. Go to my uh, YouTube channel, The Billion Dollar Secret. Check out the interview with J Jack Canfield. He said something like, "This is um, because his son is uh, in MBA program." Right. And he said, "You know, they don't teach that at the university. This is like MBA on steroids." Right. I can tell you, yeah. I mean, I'm graduating in in three weeks from an entrepreneur master's. Almost all the lessons that you're teaching, that we didn't have a class on it. So um, maybe you can start that next. That can be one of your one of your projects to get yeah, some of this included in the curriculum but but as a closeout one of your messages was don't learn from millionaires learn from billionaires you asked jack cohen the same question and i'm curious what are the three takeaways you'd like readers to to get from your book the real message that you're trying to to get across so the first one we were talking about so this realization that uh, you know success is within you and uh, don't wait for the success to come uh, to you or you know something to happen just take your fate in your hands and you are the creator of your life of your circumstances and realize that uh, really on the emotional level and that will help you you know to uh, 
in business and in life in general. Uh, then for uh, for business, I think uh, what I um, what I consider most very important is, and I had this um, attitude, the wrong attitude in that myself, is that the attitude to mistakes and to failures, right? So. Uh, and to risk, so this is like one complex of uh, of topics. Mm -hmm. But generally, you have to realize there is no success without risk. Uh, if you take only limited risks, and most most people never leave their comfort zone, uh, and uh, they are afraid to take risks. If you don't take risks, or you take risks only with limited upside, your success will be limited, right? So th this is uh, this is something to realize, and also, and this is connected uh, to that, the attitude to uh, to mistakes, right, or to failures. We are, you know, through the educational system, you are just um, punished for your mistakes, right, for the mistakes yeah. you you do, right, you through your grades or whatever. Uh, you have a multiple choice test. Uh, the less uh, failures or mistakes you, you do, the, uh, the less errors, the, the better your, your score. But life and business, they work differently. You are actually... Uh, you get a prize or you are awarded for uh, taking shots or for taking chances. And you are not that much punished by the uh, by the failures. So you can actually you have unlimited amount of of tries you uh, you can take in your uh, in your life of, of shots you can take. And most people they ju just don't take any shots, and then uh, they wonder why they don't don't win, right? Why they don't succeed? You have to uh, take your chances to try to achieve something. Most things you you will fail probably. But nobody remembers the failures. You, uh, it, it's enough actually in business. I mean, in here we are talking about billionaires. Mm -hmm. It's enough to be right just once, right? right? Just once. And when you are right once, you can scale it immensely, right? So you can take, let's say, 100 tries with 100 different businesses, approaches, whatever. And if you find the right one, and you will see it explodes. Then you are on the on the right uh, on the right you way, it. and you you can you can get it done, right? So this is um, uh, the uh, this, the second one, and the third one, I would say this constant improvement, right? Maybe in the states you have a different culture, but in in Europe we have this mainstream culture of you know getting the formal education and then that's it right you got you got mm -hmm. your education and you think you have learned for your life now you have to perform to earn to make your money with what you have learned but this is the wrong mindset this is not what uh, what billionaires do billionaires actually use every opportunity to learn and never stop learning never stop improving because this is another thing most people don't realize you can't realize how much improvement you get into in your life when you improve let's say every day just by one percent right so you have in a year already 300, uh, more than 350 percent. You have around four. It's like it, it compounds. So it's like four times improvement, right? In two years, you have 16 times of improvement. So it's in, in unbelievable what you can do by uh, 
this uh, s let's say small improvement strategy each and every day and what billionaires do is generally they improve their businesses or themselves each and every day a little bit a little bit a little bit and at the end they their businesses perform like crazy they outperform everybody and scale uh, yeah into eternity let's say right so these are the three uh, and this is the same with uh, reading books right so one of the uh, self-improvements one of the tools is reading books every billion billionaire reads ev almost every day or regularly let's say regularly some of them they have built that in their habits or um, um, in yeah in, in they let's say morning routines or evening routines and uh, this is something that uh, lets you access or tap in the wisdom of other people who maybe spent lives on writing down everything they have learned in their lives. And this is something most people just undervalue, right? And so the, this is part of the constant and never-ending improvement. So these three takes, takeaways may be most valuable, but as I said, you have these 20 principles in the book and yeah. don't think that two or three of them will uh, will be enough or will let you perform on that level. And even if you get 20, success in business is never guaranteed, but your chances increase uh, mm -hmm. dramatically. Uh, reading this book has definitely changed my thinking and in the path to self-improvement, I have no doubt it'll make a big difference in a lot of people's lives. So you know, th yeah. th thank you from me to you know all the folks who are you're getting your book this week, and it's, I'm sure, arriving to a lot of people's homes via Amazon this weekend. It's been amazing talking to you, and you know, I, I can't wait to hear what's next on the horizon. For folks that are listening, I'm going to include a link to your book uh, below mm -hmm. uh, so in the, the billion, show notes. So thebillion-dollarsecret.com, right? Are there any other links that... Uh, that you, you'd like to share for people who uh, who want to yeah, find for, and follow you? Or? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Twitter, uh, Billionaire Paul is my handle on Twitter. On LinkedIn, you will find it with my name, first, last name. Um, what else? Instagram, Rafael Batiak, also my first la last name. But I would encourage everybody to also... Uh, you know, check out my free materials on uh, YouTube because I talk a lot about these topics on YouTube. Uh, I interview on video also self-made billionaires. There's a lot of interviews with billionaires about billionaire thinking, what I have learned from them. I tell also stories that may even not be included in the, in the book, some of them. Uh, so check out my YouTube channel. This is also the Billion Dollar Secret when you look, uh, when you search for the Billion Dollar Secret on YouTube, you will find that channel. I'll, I'll make sure to include yeah, that yeah, link yeah, as okay. well in, in the yeah. show notes below. Um, and I'm you know, just grateful and honored to have you on the show. Uh, and again, the, the, this was Rafael Badziag. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me here. If you want to find out more details about uh, me and uh, what, what we do, you can head to HiredEvents.com where you can find some of the events that we have coming up. Or you can always reach out through the website if uh, you want an event in your city. So uh, thank you again, and I hope to see you next week. Thanks so much.